This morning, I started reading through the New Testament book of Hebrews. If you haven't noticed, as you're following along with these Coffee Time videos, they are progressively moving through the New Testament. This mostly follows a reading plan that I put together that you can find at thelisteningplan.com. If, if you don't have a listening plan or some way that you're systematically going through the scriptures, this might be a great way for you to go through the scriptures every single day. Anyway, if you've never read the book of Hebrews, this next couple of weeks would be a really great time to do that. Over the next two weeks, I'm going to take a bit of time in these videos to talk a little bit about the book of Hebrews, use that as kind of a springboard to talk about some other things. And this book, Hebrews, was written by an unnamed author. I think that it was written by a near friend and disciple of the Apostle Paul. And if you would like a much deeper explanation of my view, you can find it at pastormiles.com slash who wrote Hebrews. And that will link you to a message on our church website where I talk for like almost an hour about that topic. But this friend and disciple of Paul's was someone who really understood Hebrew scripture. He was an expert in the Old Testament. And so throughout the book of Hebrews, there are dozens of references to Old Testament literature, including a reference in Hebrews 1, where I'm at this morning, to Psalm 2 in the Old Testament. And so while I was reading through Hebrews 1 this morning, I saw that reference and I jumped over to Psalm 2 and I got a little bit stuck there. Psalm 2 is great. Um, let me just read a little bit from the psalm, beginning there in verse 1. It says, Why are the nations so angry? And why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth, they prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord, against God, and against his anointed one. And they say, let us break their chains, God's chains and his Messiah's chains. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from God's rule, slavery to God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. And then in anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. That is a fascinating picture. The psalmist here, the ancient Israel's famous King David, he pictures the peoples of the earth, the nations of the earth, angry and plotting furiously to get rid of God's rule over them, preparing to do battle against God and his anointed one, the Messiah. The word anointed one in that passage is Mashiach. And in their hearts, they say, we're going to cast off God's hold from us and we're going to free ourselves from his rule. We do not want God to rule over us. We do not want to be accountable to a moral lawgiver in heaven. That's their mindset. And uh, a mindset, I would say, is pretty pervasive among people in, among the nations of the world today, especially in the West. And how does God in heaven respond to this view of the people upon the earth? Well, the scriptures say, he who rules in heaven laughs. He, he laughs at them and he scoffs or he mocks them. And eventually we're told in his anger, he will rebuke them with fierce fury because of his deep displeasure. And I'm going to say that I'm willing to bet you're probably not the typical image of God that you have in your mind. But I kind of like this image of God. In the second half of Psalm 2, God speaks to his anointed one, to his Messiah. 
And the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, reveals that this conversation is between God the Father in heaven and God the Son, Jesus. And the Father says to the Son, I'm giving you all of these nations, these people. I'm giving them to you. They're yours. They're your inheritance. And you're going to have dominion and power and rule and reign over them. And you shall break them with the rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. That's gentle Jesus there, meek and mild. And pretty devastating and powerful picture of Jesus. And so the psalm ends in verse 10. Now then, you kings, act wisely. God says, in light of this different picture of Jesus, you should be wise. Act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's Son lest he become angry with you and you be destroyed in the midst of all of your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant, but what joy for all who take refuge in him. So like I said, this is probably not the typical picture that you have of God or of Christ. We have this, this picture that kind of pervades our culture of Jesus as the merciful one, meek and mild and forgiving. And he is all of that, but he is all of that to those who turn to him in faith. And turned him in obedience. And those who put their trust in him for salvation, he is gracious to them. He has tons of grace and forgiveness. You know, the, the Old Testament picture of God, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. That's, that's Jesus. That's what he's like to all of those who turn to him in faith and obedience. But to those who set their hearts in rebellion against him, the picture is clear. Old Testament and New Testament of Jesus in this way, who will ultimately one day come as a judge. That's what we see as the New Testament and as the whole of Scripture it is wound up in the book of Revelation, which eventually we'll get there. And so th this is a devastatingly powerful picture of Jesus and one that I think at this moment in our culture, we might need to revive. We might need to resurrect the, the whole picture of what Jesus is like and who he is, because I think there is an aspect in which our culture has lost this understanding of the judgment of God that will one day come upon those who refuse to put their trust and faith in Jesus and repent and turn to him. Something to ponder as you pour yourself some coffee today. See you next time.